Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. Make him the cutest that I've ever seen. Give him two lips like roses and clover. And tell him that his lonesome night's over. Sandman, I'm so alone. Don't have nobody to call my own. Please turn on your magic beam. Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. Good evening and welcome to Knox Mente. Tonight's guest is Lada Leon. Lada Leon's focus is aiding the process of our spiritual integration via examining the complex dynamics of psychology, emotions, mind, body, and spirit towards increased comprehension of our current paradigm upon all its levels and layers. She is an experiencer of many forms of anomalous operations and interference. Having entered as an incarnate with pre-birth conscious memories, including future timelines and advanced knowledge of events to come, she has lived in between worlds with comprehensions of the nature of this cosmic battle, piercing through the veil of our worldly paradigm. As a result of such experiences, she has access keys relating to the game being played within this reality. She applies those keys towards furthering personal sovereignty upon the metaphysical quantum levels and layers in, 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 in unfolding... <laughs> Welcome, Laura. Welcome, Laura. Thank you so much for the invitation. This is wonderful. Yeah, this is a this is a great pleasure, and all your info will be linked in the video. I highly encourage people to check out your YouTube cha- channel, Sovereign Key, and also your website. I'll put that all in the show notes after. Yes. So let's just get right into this. Um, so give us, tell us about the landscape in which you grew up, the, the dominant symbols that stick out. I'm talking early childhood, um, and we'll go from there. Okay. How early do you want me to go? Cause I remember the very moment I entered, the, entered my <laughs> <I know>. body. <laughs> this is it's so excellent about you. I have a, I have my six months memories. Um, That's pretty I, good. I think with you, I would like to um, maybe talk about the predominant symbols from, from entering into flesh to about three years old. Okay. So the predominant um, symbols, I would say let's, Let's say the very first word that came out of my mouth, I didn't really speak for eight years. Um, I only spoke prophetically when I you know, would see things. And um, other than that, I would never speak. But the very first word that came out of my mouth, this is gonna be shocking to people. Uh, usually it's, it's mama or you know, something like that. But uh, I said, Megiddo. Megiddo. Yeah. It's of Armageddon. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that was wow. That was that was the first word I spoke. Speaking <laughs> my mother out. Yeah, I, right. Yeah, she has arrived. So my mom, not knowing what it was that I kept saying, because that was the only word that I would say, um, wanted to try and find what it was. And she, I remember her coming home with a game called Megiddo, <laughs> which was an ancient Arabic game, thinking that. <laughs> wow yeah and then i was yeah really upset because i was like you know come on you guys but um 
the and I grew up and I was born in Spain. So um, the thing that struck me the most was the gravity here or, you know, whatever it's called, because it's not really I mean, the, the whole thing about the gravity isn't really what we think it is. The right. The attra- yeah. Well, or, or lack thereof, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's so dense. Um, I remember being very startled at the lack of color um and that the landscape was missing a lot of colors um that the texture of you know everything was completely different so that when i would walk i had a really difficult time with my um distance perception because i could see levels Mm. so i you know had a difficult time navigating i guess just normally through um, how everything felt and um listening to people speak was very strange to me um because the whole necessity to use words to speak i found very laborious and um and then i discovered that really a lot of the time people really weren't saying much of anything Mm -hmm. so (laughs) i kind of it was baffling to me yes (laughs) and that's a profound reality actually (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, it was, you know, it took a while for me to get used to it, for sure. No doubt about it. Um, I, yeah, I remember uh, one of the first times I fell off a high chair, I was um, really little and they put, I don't know why they would put a child of like two or three on a high chair, but um, without a backing. Mm-hmm. And I remember falling back and even like the sense of falling back, I'll, the time was just, I don't know, time did things around me that was very strange. And I remember that thump on the floor when I hit it. And I could never really convey the things that were around that because space wasn't really, I mean, inanimate objects were not really inanimate objects to me. So I guess, yeah, I don't know how to to word it properly. Did you, um, so you were born in Spain. How long yeah. were you there? I was there for five years. So that, that was a, that was definitely part of the landscape. Were yes. you in the, in the, in the countryside or? No, I was actually born in Madrid and, uh, behind where I lived, I principally spent a lot of time with my grandparents, but right behind us uh, is the zoo. And um, the moment I could walk, I literally snuck out and, you know, I walked myself to the zoo and would spend my time with the wild animals. I love love that. Of course. Absolutely. And this is where people had to find me because this is always a case of, you know, loud is missing, loud is missing, but everybody knew, okay, well, she's at the zoo. But um, there was this one time that I um, crawled underneath where the lions were. And, um, and they accepted me as their cub. And um, I was really absolutely comfortable sleeping in between them. And they surrounded me like a circle. And um, they were really, really protective of me. And I really, I I didn't want to leave them. And um, that when I was discovered, that's the landscape principally that stands out to me are the animals to be, um, you know, I started rescuing animals as soon as I could walk. 
you know, bringing home wounded birds and frogs and lizards even. Like, you know, lizards' tails fall off very easily. And in Spain, there's a lot of lizards. So I remember always coming home with, you know, lizards without tails to my, you know, parents and grandparents' horror. I love that. Um, I love this animal connection. I, I share this. Did um, So when you moved from Spain at the age of five, did you, where did you move? Yeah. So by that time, of course, I'd seen a lot of what I, you know, came in having seen and was shown a lot of the countries around the world. And one of the countries that uh, I was shown a lot of things that were going to be happening, um, of course, was the United States and Canada. And we, um, I remember getting off the plane and, you know, I had a, a seizure because I realized that was one of, the, it was in, you know, I was in the land of what I'd been shown, one of the places that I'd been shown, which was, you know, quite horrifying to me because I was still in the body of a little child. So I was trying to figure out how this all works. I mean, I've come in, but I'm in this body of a little child and she still has to grow up and she's all freaked out. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause I don't get time here. I don't get it. I don't know it. It feels like, cause it, you know, I saw it all. So it's like now, right. <laughs> so I get off the plane and, you know, I realize that um, this is, not a good thing. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah, we went to Canada to east, the east coast in Ontario. I grew up in, uh, yeah. London. Did you, um, did you have any kind of religious stuff early on in your life? Well, you know, the external aspect was Catholic because you don't have a choice being Spanish. Everybody's a Catholic. Yes. But my parents are, they were rather non-religious. My mom was quite, quite a, in, into mysticism. Uh, and my dad, of course, being a Mason, you know. Um, mm -hmm. So you could say the external aspects were that they... Um, put me into a Catholic school or uh, a nun, a nun school in Spain, actually. And um, I wasn't faring very well because I, you know, really didn't agree with all this religion and I knew it was all, I mean, I knew what it was. So that was a bad experience. And then in Ontario, they put me in a, in a Catholic school, which also was uh, pretty much not a great experience either, uh, oh. especially especially <laughs> because there were so many paranormal things going on around me that if if you're in a Catholic environment and you've got a paranormal kid like me who all this weird stuff was happening and it was a lot of it was witnessed, it makes for like very very um, tumultuous uh, experiences for sure. Because, you know, the thing is that oftentimes they'll resort to, oh, you know, this is demonic or this is, yeah, because they don't, because they don't understand it. Yeah. So that's so fascinating. It, I bet you were, I bet you were something. <laughs> well, you know, it was it, back, back in those days, they made you go to uh, church twice a week while you were in school. So I always had this habit while walking to school that I would roll in the dirt. So that well, earth energy. <laughs> <laughs> so that I, shielding you know well i'd roll in the dirt i'd get to school and of course i'd be too dirty to go to mass because they'd say oh well you can't go like that that's terrible i'd be like yeah really eh <laughs> i keep falling down that creek can you imagine you know and i was like every two two days a week it happens <laughs> i, I love think they, that they caught on so i had to I love change the image my tactic <laughs> that was a catholic um 
it was a, uh, you, it was, they didn't want anybody knowing that it was, um, had a Jewish backing to it, you know, like a, but it was, it was a Catholic. All, Cath all Catholicism has a Jewish backing to it. Yeah. Well, they had, um, a very significant, uh, mm. backing that was very, very odd why they would even, they didn't even want that being known, but yeah, it was a challenge because they unfortunately had witnessed a lot of things. And, um, and I kept, I kept breaking down their uh, stories, which, you know, was really difficult for them to, cause you know, I was like <laughs> as a kid. Right. I'm just well, well, well brainwashed or whatever. <laughs> so exactly. I remember once though, that one of the teachers that I had, he was, I can actually say he was amazing. I think he was kind of a guardian. Um, he would take me aside. He would always try and protect me. And he would say to me, and this is before I could even pronounce what the word was, but he would say, you know, that um, you're, you're a spiritual philosopher, but you know, I, it sounded like you're a soap, something soap. Like I was like, what am I, some kind of soap? <laughs> <laughs> I had to really figure that one out. Yeah. Soap on the road. But, yeah, soap on the road. But no, um, he he was giving me a warning and he said, you know, um, it's really like what you're doing is actually really good for for those that are exposed. But unfortunately, you know, there it comes with a lot of uh, struggle and strife and um, they don't comprehend anything that is happening around you. So they're afraid. And um, it was really good of him to do that. And yeah. if, he's, if he's still around and he ever gets to listen to this, um, good old Finnegan. That, oh, it's a good name, too. I know, right? <laughs> yes. Are, do you know in, any of your, um, like, your basic three in your natal chart, sun, moon, and rising? Oh, uh, yes, I do. Right. So I'm a double Gemini. Oh, wow. With an Aquarius moon. Oh, excellent. I have Gemini rising. Oh, or, um, yeah, Gemini Rising. Was it last week's guest a double uh, Capricorn? Wow. Super organized, I bet. I can't remember if that was Robert or someone else. I, I can't oh, I no, it remember. Was, it was, it's Aaron David. Okay. He's yeah, I was like, not last week. Uh, yeah, right. Sorry. I love all that Gemini energy, though, Mercury. Um, and yeah. then, okay, so, of course, you you're not obligated to answer any question just just so you know, but it's, since we're talking about um, gates of perception and, and alternate experiences, we always like to, we just wonder too, if you had um, like psychedelics, have you done those? Never, so never, never. No, 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 no. God, no drugs. And me just, we, we don't get along. Um, that would be, I probably would never come back if that, you know, was in my system. Yeah. I mean, you know, I tried, I can say I tried marijuana and I can't handle that. So, um, yeah. It sounds like you're already, mo you don't need any assistance. No, I don't, I don't <laughs> think so. You're doing think. good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's just, um, I, if anything, you know, I can say that um, it always, drugs always scared me. I had an innate sense because I can feel energy. Mm -hmm. So, whenever that would come around or people were around me that I can, I, I was, just, it freaked me out. I'm like, Oh God, you know, I'll never come back. So mm -hmm. even like, even if they were in exhaling, I was freaked out, <laughs> you know, Oh yeah. I, 
but but that's just because my system i had a really difficult time staying in my body so even if i um i yeah it was a trigger I, i'd say it was a definite um whoa i need to stay here you know I, yeah oh yeah it's and it's good to listen to that i mean i think mm-hmm. in in terms of um what we I've talk ne- about here with gates of perception and altered states and all that it is definitely we stay focused on uh, it's not, you know people have used them like mushrooms and I've ayahuasca. never even tried I've never tried a mushroom I have no idea I mean I've I heard a lot about it but I just can't yeah I don't think I'm supposed to touch that anything really yeah and that's good to know I, like I said you're already you're tapping into this where <laughs> you, yeah. you need no assistance I like wine that yes I like, so well the sacred grape yeah exactly <laughs> That's right. Um, so let's move right into the dreams. So give us an idea of how you dream in general. So this is just the dream level and maybe set up um, because we, we want to go into, we want to talk about lucidity and then OBEs and mm-hmm. all that. So give us an idea of like your general dream landscape, color, black and white, audibles, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Okay. Um, I mean, you know, that is a huge question that, um, it isn't, it isn't just one thing because often I'm working when I'm in that state. So I'm not, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm always working, I'm always doing something. So, um, I tend to be able to do that very easily. So there's that aspect and that's separate. Now, when I'm working on figuring stuff out or my spirit is trying to keep tabs on what's going on. I find myself in traveling or traversing through what appears like layers and layers of the labyrinth matrix systems. And some of it is in color and some of it is black and white, depending on what, you know, what level I find myself in, but a lot of this is, is kind of like hacking the system. Yes. So, and there's a lot of that. Um, There's also a lot of, um, you know, kinetic dreams, flying, um, fire. um, There's a lot of visiting dreams, I guess you could say visiting people and, and just like, you know, hearing the, if they're calling, I guess. Um, so yeah, depending on what aspect you want to kind of go into is easier for me to narrow it down because it's, yeah, there's a lot so, that happens. Let's talk about, um, lucidity. Uh, yeah. I was just going to mm-hmm. skip to lucidity with Lada. Um, so like in, I get the sense having, listen to you now and your shows um, and then now talking with you here that you clearly are extremely um, lucid generally, it seems like in every state. So are there cues? Um, is there a way in which you move into lucidity while mm-hmm. in a, what we're considering a dream state that's separate mm-hmm. from this reality? Yeah. Um, what does that look like? So when I was young, because I was in between so many, um, dimensions and experiencing um, a multiplicity of realities. I had to 
learn to leave certain cues around. And I had to also learn what my body felt like. And if I would do something to my body, how that would feel. And the dream state can mimic what we feel in this. So it's, it's kind of a bit tricky, but you can also put a, a system of mirrors in your dream state with, um, you know, markers on the mirrors, like this, this is, this way is out of the the state that you're in oh, so wow. yeah like you know you, so you put a layer mirrors one behind each other and then you put arrows and then i'll put a significant color because in some dreams like i said it's black and white and sometimes it's color so i have to do something a little bit more um, that stands out mm-hmm. but yeah i've learned to just put certain cues Uh, Although sometimes it doesn't work, you know, that you can't always be lucid. And that is actually the the greatest challenge for everybody is lucidity in those states. Yes. So, but that that um, is why I used to pinch myself. I used to, I used to have this thing where I would pinch myself in certain areas of the body to see what the feeling was, but I would change the area all the time so that I wouldn't get used to it in my brain. Yes. And that way it was a way for me to know what was real, you know, what was over there and what was over here. So when you're, so when you're laying there going from this state of consciousness into dream, then mm-hmm. what that state of consciousness, have you experienced the, um, you know, where your body gets long or you might drop through the bed and the floor or oh, yeah. whole moving around your shell? Sure. Sure. And is that something that you have been able to harness? Do you use it? When that first happened to me, it was fascinating and, and exciting. Wow, and, it didn't and, scare you. No, that didn't, that many things did, but that part, was, because I was still kind of close to my body and it was, it wasn't as scary as then dropping out totally and then thinking I wasn't going to get back in. <laughs> so, did yeah, what, I mean, you did that in dream state. See, that used to happen to me like while I was awake. So, no, this is while I was awake when oh, I was okay. a little kid. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that, and then I guess, was it easy for you to step back in because, or was it easy for you to stay in or did you? It, it, it was, there was seemed to be a lot of scary stuff in the lower, I don't know what to call yeah. it, the lower astral in that that's where I would get scared and jump back in that trigger, you know, yeah. like that jerking back into my body. Yeah. Until did you ever, I was, did huh? you ever fight them? I, I didn't at that point. And, um, I, I guess looking back, I wish I had. But it was, it, I still just didn't know. I think I just might, I had the fight or flight. So it's like, get the hell out. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, and how old were you? Oh, little, young. Yeah. I, I don't remember, but three years old and younger, I was yeah. having all that stuff happening. Yeah. yeah and so I when, shoot at him with my, uh, my chest thing. Like a Tony Stark, oh. Iron Man. Oh, <laughs> Iron, I like that. <laughs> I like the Iron Man. Yeah, you know, it's um, when that happens, the profoundly interesting thing is, is that a lot of the dimensionals can see it. So your essence, um, your bio, bio essence is like a flashlight in the dark. And oh, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. This is where um, from that point, a lot of people experience targeting because you know you're seen boom you know you're just a big ray it's just like in american gods 
the American. It's reminding me of the deep water, luminescent fish and stuff. It's like that. Yes. Right. right. Yeah. There's there was a TV show on last year called American Gods. It was an adaptation of a, a Neil, Neil Gaiman, Gaiman uh, novel. It's really it's really interesting and good. Oh. But um, it's really good. Really good. The, the, a, a is it a back. book or a movie? It's both. Well, it's a book and oh. a TV show. Okay, I should check it out. Mm. Definitely. But uh, yeah, but, you should. You should. Uh, the the thing was the, a lot of these demons. Oh, sorry, Jerry. No, I was going to say the the a person's dead in there, and she sees the gods as very bright objects through her vision. It's, it's oh, that's it's, right. Yeah. That's oh. right. And that's how she tracks them. Like she can, right. it can be this landscape of almost darkness and she just sees that luminescence. That's how it exactly. is with them. That's yes. how it is because the light that we see here is not really real. I know that sounds really weird, but um, so there it's filtered. Exactly. So they, they, they don't see that light. They see pretty much darkness and you know, the bioessence that comes out of us. Um, it, and it works two ways because they track us that way, but then you can learn to track them as well. So, and not that they have bioessence cause they don't, they have like a, a really dense, almost like a, um, a black hole, you know, darker than dark. And it, it's even far more dense than what, I felt coming in here was so you can track them, which they don't like us to be able to learn all these things because they like to be able to have the, the upper hand. Uh-huh. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, is there a difference for you between being lucid in the dream state and then being out of body completely? Um, there, you know, that's an interesting question. When I was little, they were both very similar um, because it, it seemed like both those realities merged together constantly mm-hmm. and were flowing in and out of each other. That's why when I was nine, I wrote, you know, my first book called, you know, Another Reality because I was trying to explain it. But, you know, as I grew older and I kept having this issue that I couldn't stay in my body it really became um, it became quite dangerous because um, there, you know, I did actually technically die, and um, I had to be, uh, you know, they put the paddles on you. Um, we want to talk about that experience. Mm-hmm. So that you know, I had experiences where I was getting acupuncture as well, and boom, I'm gone. They couldn't get me back, and of course, you know, I started my my physicality started dying, and I was. Um, you know, the, the poor naturopath was freaking out. He didn't know what to do. He had spirit sense. So um, eventually I came back. But, you know, in those experiences, I heard the ringing of the earth. Like the earth has a ringing and it's a bell. And mm-hmm. um, and it was like, it was, oh, my God, it was so loud. It was deafening. And it was, yeah, I've heard, I've heard the rings of Saturn. I mean, this is like, it would make people really think that I did drugs, but I did not. But, um, and this they, is during like when you're dying. Um, yeah, some of them were during that. The other one was, yeah, when I had the acupuncture and he actually put a needle on, um, just like one of the meridians by my shoulder blade and it just happened. And he realized he's like, Oh God, you know, you're, you're just like a, you know, like a portal. So, um, there were a lot of measures taken that 
you know, not to make, not to make me go away, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. um, you know, and there's a lot of abnormalities. My body runs at a really high, hot temperature. And it's been like that since I was, you know, since I came in this body. So everybody thought I was always had a super high fever and they would have to call the emergency and things like that. So there was all these protocols. No, this is normal for her. Like this is, you know, all these things are normal. Her heart runs super fast, hundred beats a minute or more. And that's normal too. So they're just, things that probably exacerbated and allowed me to have issues with this out of body stuff that kept um, going on. But when I was little, it was, it was really bad. And, um, but you know, I mean, I learned how to navigate while I did it. And there were, this is how I learned that you can't really go. There's a certain radius where if you go beyond it, then you're pretty much done. And I learned the hard way. Would you tell us about that radius? Well, that, that membrane or whatever it is. It's, yeah, it's actually pretty far. Um, it's actually pretty impressive because I was traveling through what seemed many um, into, uh, it felt like, and I don't know how to describe, how do you describe infinite space um, where you're, you're <laughs> meeting up against other energies, but, you know, some are formless and some are not. So it would appear like you're traveling through galaxies, I guess you would say, but it's not quite like that. And there is a point where suddenly um, there's like a shield that happens. And there, there, I mean, what happened with me, there were guardians, I guess you could say, that just freaked out because I just kept going. I was just going, 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 going. I was having a really great time. Mm -hmm. in that one time I was having a really good time so when I got to that perimeter where I felt like there was that um a tug that happened there was like a a, just a tug that tugged me back or like I hit some kind of a surface or something it was Uh, like tugging you back towards your your body right but it wasn't but my body was you know way way like galaxies away but but I felt like it was a tug and it, obviously it was my body that, Hey, you know, you don't want to see it. And then, and is, then I, is that the alleged silver cord? Yeah. That, well, yeah. Although, you know, I didn't really see that it was quite, I mean, silver, it was more gray really, but um, with a little, a little luminescence to it. I think if it's too, cord. too yeah, like a, yeah. But I think if it's too too bright or something, it's um, too obvious. So you you have to actually focus on it to to go. Oh my God, there you know there it is. So when that happened, uh, there was a whole bunch of attacks that occurred at that time. So there were entities or beings or something, and a, a, like a legion of them that were actually waiting for me to be there waiting for me to be vulnerable in that um in that state where just a little bit further i would have been cut off and that's when they attacked me so that was a horrible experience and i actually um actually needed help to get back and this is a big big fight happened a big war with um these you know guardian type energies that came in and yeah then i i I felt like I had a universal scolding of sorts. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Happen. And like, you know, you're being really reckless kind of thing. And uh, you didn't, you know, well, you where didn't... do they get off telling you where you can and can't go? Well, I, I, I was like, 
I didn't know <laughs> I'm like, I'm, if I'm going to constantly leave my body, you know, I wanted to navigate through everything, I guess. But yeah, so I learned the hard way. I, that battle was really terrible. Um, the, the things that I saw, I mean, I, at that point I was quite accustomed to seeing a lot of really, you know, pretty much. Yeah. A lot of strange stuff, no doubt about it. Creatures, so this this is actually a good slide. I like to, um, while we're in this particular realm, maybe look at nightmares and night terrors, how they play out in these other dimensions. Would that war kind of situation, did that fall into a kind of nightmarish scenario? Well, uh, the nightmarish scenario was really difficult for me in that way because I was already living a nightmare because I already came in with um, looking at the real and seeing, you know, the um, dissolution evolutions. And mm. I, I mean, you know, I, I already had been exposed from before coming into a lot of it and, and all of it. The only way I can explain it to you was it, because everything here is, I mean, their agenda is, by design so they like the architects design it they design it you know that's that's done it's like it's fabricated so i wasn't just looking at a movie reel i was looking at something that i knew um was very much um real and i couldn't discern the difference because the only difference was was that i was going to be reliving the reel that i was seeing or that I had come in to, to help out with all of that so that people would not give power to it and not, you know, so my angle was very different. My nightmares were associated with already living 24 seven that I was waiting for things. I mean, I had been waiting for a lot of the things that have already happened that have happened. I mean, I'm basically what I'm looking at, I'm looking at an entire life so far of everything that I've already seen. Um, mm. so my nightmares quote were, um, kind of pale in comparison to that. But one thing that did reoccur with me because of, um, the origin coming out of the void was that as soon as I incarnated into this, uh, this body filter system, this, this physicality in this level, um, there's something that is very traumatizing when you try to make sense once you're in this in this form of the void because the void is within you always so what happened was i was trying to consciously make sense of what the experience was to have this creation from the void essentially which was very terrifying to a kid mm -hmm. coming in with um carrying that through and so I would have nightmares about that that I would wake up and and it would you know I would try to reconcile what that is with this right yeah that so this is so with what you're just saying also sounds like a gigantic massive deja vu like you already have this sense of the timeline yeah. that's played out. How do so when you have days like the little deja vu's that we think of here? Yeah, what are those like for you, and what what do you think they are then? Yeah, you know when you have those um, those little ones, 
I always used to say that, well, everything is happening just as, you know, just as I've been shown. Uh, everybody's playing the part that they're supposed to. They've already relived it anyway. So those are small tears that bleed Ooh. through mm. of having already done this, so to speak, for everybody, right? Is there some sort of, is, so are you saying, is there like a loop that's going on? Not anymore, because, um, you know, that's all kind of, that is um, what was happening in the past for many, many, many cycles and probably millions of years. Um, but this is what is being dissolved uh, there. The looping was connected to the agreements of entrapment and the incarnate reincarnation looping that was going on in the harvesting and the uh, reanimations. So this uh, ended up getting out of control. Of course, it created many infinity levels that um, were associated with their own personal machines or, you know, mm -hmm. uh, so this became a very large problem in the entire multi infinity verse um, massive actually because of the effects it was having. And so if you've ever seen the movie, the butterfly effect where you see that um, one thing ripples through the entire universe, well, this was rippling through the infinity verse, but it, it's creating a uh, larger, separation so to speak so this is why it can't um continue the way it currently is there is a, a splitting happening between the energies that are creating reality and you know so you're you're getting the people that are very enlightened and this is the ones that want to remain asleep let's say and they just love you know their uh their their dream state or their sleepingness they love it mm -hmm. uh, or they or they love their you know their vice uh and they don't want to work through so this now has turned into um which is actually a good thing it's an irreparable um it's an irreparable splitting of a cell essentially which means that both things are being manifested the way um, they need to on their level so that neither one can continue to um, one was supporting the other one while the other one kept getting worse. And this, and this created in itself, the anti-creation verse. So the, you know, I just call it the anti-verse that is causing a great deal of damage. And, um, and it's causing a great deal of damage to the individual's spiritual evolution, even even to those that are on the other side, because this entanglement that is occurring is, is just, it's actually creating a larger antiverse than people realize. Yeah. I've been curious about that. Um, and actually I want to explore that a little deeper in a second. Um, just on my general, do you do, have you gotten the feedback from people that have been around you while you're out of your body so in the sleep your body's in the sleep mode um that you either sleepwalk or sleep talk well um no actually i don't sleepwalk i have been known to talk in my sleep in different languages but oh, yes. yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, that's awesome and um if 
couple times it's been recorded. Um, but I don't speak in tongues in church. Um, you know what? No. Okay. I have heard, uh, I've heard a lot of people before church or before I even knew about what tongues was, I, I would, I, well, I came in with an ancient language that has a, it's almost, it's a healing type of language. So it is, it has no, Mm, how shall I say? There are no harsh sounds to it, and like I don't the, know the light languages. But some people, yeah, say it it's like a water language. Mm. Oh, and, nice. And and I came in with that, so I I you know in cases where things would um, attack me when I was young, I would I would speak that language, um, and it would it would be like a you know it would be like a a shield of sorts. So, and there were things that would always happen with it too. If there was somebody that was really negative around me and I spoke that language, like, yeah, it was, it was pretty, it's, it's pretty powerful. Things happen. So if you have somebody that has like a, an entity in them or, you know, they'll suddenly show up or their, you know, reptilian eyes are going to pop right out and yeah, weirdness. But, um, but yeah, I, I was forced to go to Sunday school, which was, I made it into um, kind of like a fantasy school um, because it was so unbearable. But, um, but you know, there were aspects of it that I, I began to be fascinated with because when, when I came in with what I came in with, I had no idea about the Bible. I had no idea about any of these um, things or religion. So uh, it, it began uh, a love affair of studying um these various, you know, books that had been written where um, there's, uh, you know, a lot of messengers through time were writing of the real. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's. Um, so I like that terminology a lot, the real. It, it's um, reshaping my idea of certain things. <laughs> yeah, so it's. There was uh, definitely a very many interesting aspects because even while I was forced to go to this Catholic school, my parents would never go to church or anything. I mean, like, you know, at all, ever. So it was always a double standard. I always felt like it was a setup, you know, that they were, that's what they had to do. That was the conditioning. The setup was that I had to be, but when I, when I got to, uh, when I had to go into grade nine, my sister was forced to go into an um, all-girl Catholic school and um, they wanted me to go as well. And I simply refused. I absolutely will not do that. I said, I'm done with this. Um, I've, you know, I didn't leave my parents any choice because uh, there was just no way I was going to do it. I, absolutely not. So I finally won the fight and um, I got to go to a public school. So I love that you won the fight. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Lada, what, so this is, this is kind of where I, um, I find myself hanging a lot in contemplation. So what is the difference? How do you see the difference between say the, the dream state and my old dog's coughing, I'm sorry, the oh. dream state and that, that we experience in memory, which is also just mm -hmm. another state. Um, 
and and this state what is what's what are these layers of consciousness well okay so i these are all dreams that we've created um these are all our manifested states um collectively collectively and individually as well so Within us, I mean, there are some people who have great capacities and they've created their own realms beyond this experience. Um, And they intermingle between them all constantly. I think that many of us do that routinely, but I think the machine intervened or, you know, the archons and all of this, all of that to capture our consciousness because it is creative and it is creation. And so it got all muddied up with what their, uh, what they wanted. So then it became us dreaming, uh, their dream. So there is a difference between what is ours and what isn't ours. Mm -hmm. And then that was lost in that, you know, hijacking. So they hacked our consciousness for that. And then there became a, um, you know, through osmosis of their, uh, of what they are capturing the seed of our consciousness so that they could drive the vehicle of of creation and create these other dreams. So my feeling is that many people are living their dreams and um, we're fighting our way out of them to get to our place where we're finally going to be able to create our own for, you know, in, in that essence of what it is to be, our own in our own uh, authority and power without any kind of uh, hijacking or hacking. So I, so so what, what is the difference between, so, okay. With those, those layers, then when, when say we leave the, we leave this flesh, this vessel Mm -hmm. that we're in, then what, so well, then the record or the real mm-hmm. that this flesh was part of that played out. Yeah. Um, it continues for the most part. So many people get retrapped, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, th- this whole thing is if you don't recognize that there's an imposter in you and in your mind and in your consciousness, then you're not going to recognize anything when you leave here either. So you don't get to not recognize <laughs> stuff here and then like get to finally see it there. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, it totally, <laughs> totally makes sense to me. So you're going to walk into your own trap, you know, um, that's just how it goes. <laughs> and, you know, and this is the thing that people have to realize it's, um, it's really dissolving all what that is so that you don't have that happen. And I mean, this is, this is like, an. there's so many incredible aspects of this all, but I remember, you know, when I, when I died when I was 13 and I remember uh, it was all darkness and there was no light. And cause I had recalled other people having um, died and come back and they were always talking about the light, the light. And, you know, it was so wonderful and amazing. And all my, you know, relatives were there and God, I was like everything. And when I died, uh, I, yeah, there's the void. Okay. So, but and things- was that, was that scary? The well, void? I, when I, when I died, it was really, um, you know, when I, when I released my body and, and death took me at that point, that's when I could just, um, calm down 
but at the initial the initial onslaught of the experience was the brainwashing because i was like okay well where's the light right it's getting darker and darker and darker and so at first i was afraid and then i was like what the i mean like that's the light you didn't even you know you're you're you remember the void to begin with that's where creation comes out of so what is like come on this light is just a means by which we get to experience our creation under this uh under these influences but it's mm -hmm. it's not even really there so then i just it was the most beautiful feeling ever i mean the the entire feeling of just the stillness and the absolute blackness there was nothing uh, malignant at all it was just beautiful stillness and and then i was you know resuscitated back so that's yeah. it that's fascinating though i think you're the only person i've heard so far um give give this imagery for their death experience yeah i don't i haven't heard i for years i tried to find other people who had something similar because i thought well come on what you know what is this why am i the only one that's like uh even death has to be weird but you know yes and then yeah. and then and then i can't die so. <laughs> well that's the biggest joke of all really not, <laughs> not to mention all the fucked up shit that goes on in there you know with the false light system and whatnot totally totally right because you know what what was i gonna see i mean i wasn't gonna see what everybody else is buying the carrot that everybody else is buying i yes. just like so what could there possibly be there you know was there a Except presence for animals did it no. feel like a presence at all or was it just completely a void no it's 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 actually like if you can imagine everything and nothing at the same time because the nothingness it is not, uh, it's like I said, there's no malignancy to it. There's no negativity. It's like, it's like, it's just like it's no like narrative, freezer, maybe no <laughs> narrative. Well, no, <laughs> there is no narrative attached to it so that nothing could affect you and nothing could steal you from you. Like you are mm -hmm. everything, everything is you, but it's, it's like a great, a great, stillness in nothingness i don't know how to explain it like as soon as you have a, a thought and and that thought is like a an electrical spark that happens that's the original fire spark that occurs mm -hmm. that fire spark the second it lights up like that it becomes a created thing when it becomes a created thing other things become attached to it because the nature of its duality by virtue of its inception and creation creates itself a dualistic system mm -hmm. so right then and there you are no longer a created thought you now are split into two things so you begin to have other things associated with it. And this is where everything gets complicated from that right. point I've on. I've got the distinct image of cells dividing when, you talk, right. when you're talking, <laughs> exactly. which is it's perfect for this, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. So, so do you, so now when you're, when you're encountering, and so I'm not going to ask if, because I know you are encountering other beings, mm -hmm. other people, whatever, in in um, other states of consciousness. Can you give us just a, I guess, a rundown of these layers? So like I had said, I experienced when I dropped low, not yeah. that it was actually low, but that I felt like I had immediately gotten into a really gross, seedy, mm -hmm. herpy 
environment as a little kid. And I didn't, you know, it scared me. So like, and then, you know, then I've had other experiences since then, obviously, but what, what's out there? What have you experienced? Well, and I know that you talk about this on your channel, which I encourage people to go listen to. Yeah. Um, I've experienced, I mean, some of the things I've experienced would probably drive, um, some people insane actually. Um, because when you're there, you don't even know how to get out. I had to really learn, um, how to navigate through a lot of stuff and and it was highly dangerous. I never knew if I was going to make it back. Um, including, uh, I've come back with physical scarring and, oh, wow. and a lot of like actual physical marks mm-hmm. from the experiences I've had. Um, I've had these various negative ancient, ancient, um, energies that, you know, people call whatever they want. I don't know, some people call it Satan, the devil, whatever, you know, whatever flavor you like. Um, these ancient energies that had when I was young they were like really trying everything they could to get me and to keep me so they you know they could sever my connection to this realm so that I wouldn't be able to do what I need to do and so that um just I guess really it could be stopped or I could be stopped um what would and, just pausing on that for a second what would happen if you had they had severed your connection like just in what do you think that would be well okay so if they severed the connection then they could literally take your spirit consciousness and you know imprison it and keep Oof. you within i mean i've been in i've been in strange i've been in strange kind of cage things that are you know you can think of the word electricity where you can't like get out because it's all electrical but this is way beyond electricity this Mm -hmm. is some other kind of you know magic technology it's a spiritual faraday cage right like some is crazy crazy stuff where i had to and this was when i was really little and i had to figure out you know, basically how to get myself out of a lot of these things. I've been attacked. I've come back. I've, I've been attacked where I had talons going from my neck all the way down to my feet. Like, you know, I was in the hospital and they were saying there's no animal that has these, um, that they knew of that had, you know, and it was like things like that. My parents just didn't even know they could never, I mean, like I, a Hieronymus I was, Bosch painting. I'm getting getting these kinds of images. Yeah, I mean, there's because these things are real. So you experience them on these other realms, but but you have the uh, effects on your physicality here as well. It's not just that you're there experiencing it. Oftentimes, it translates through this membrane as well. And mm-hmm. what happened with me? It would it would happen a lot where you know my body was full of of these um, these battles get battle scars and um to this day i mean i've got tons of them so you know there are experiences where um well you know let me just tell you about one of the experiences which was probably yeah quite quite uh profoundly surreal and it was witnessed by my roommate at the time and i was uh, 18 years old and um in the flesh because this, what I'm saying, even if I, I speak about the flesh, it's because they track you, they follow you, and they 
are able to get through this membrane to visit you in the flesh themselves so that they can freak you out even more. So mm. I was 18 years old and my roommate and I were both home and um, I couldn't even believe it. But there in front of me was what you looked to me like a Satan or a really high, high level black demon with, but, it, but he was like, you know, copper red and um large horns i mean really it's like the depictions of the medieval uh you know stories of the devil and you know no feet hoofs um mega tall like this guy was ripped and super square face i mean it was witnessed by my uh my roommate because the you know it was a physical experience and um it mm -hmm. was he came in to try and terrify me into submission and saying to me that um they were he was going to follow me every second of my life and that if i faltered he would be waiting oh wow um that's scary and you know these are these are high level demons or chief demons or whatever they are you know they're like really super high level um, massive horns coming out of his forehead and up massive. My roommate was in fetal position and he peed his pants and he was sucking his thumb and he was like <laughs> rocking himself just with his eyes shut and sucking oh, his wow. thumb, crying out to his mom. I kid you not. Wow. Yeah. And you know, here I am 18 and I'm just like, what? the hell like what the hell paralyzed when it happened originally i was paralyzed and i was trying to um and so when his presence came in i mean because you know this this type of high black and black magician being or high level de devil i don't know what you want to call it it felt like a it felt like a satan energy or whatever that is um there was a huge explosion that occurred when he left because he was pissed off that i said to him that it's, you know, that it's my, it's my world. It's my, it's my universe. And, um, you know, I was like, never, never. And, and even though I was young and I didn't know how to put it in words and I was paralyzed, um, my words, that it's my universe. It made him so angry that he left with an explosion and the explosion that happened actually literally was like an explosion that occurred. And I was living in an attic in a house with four other apartments below me. And the explosion was so huge. Everybody thought there was a bomb and the fire department came and my entire uh, apartment was in shambles. Oh, wow. So, he leaves that happens um you know my roommate is still on the floor with his eyes closed walking sucking his thumb you know mortified and i knew i'm like well there goes my best friend and um you know because i knew she was gonna end up moving out right away but um and then in a weird um split of a strange energetic uh I don't know, gateway, everything went back to normal. 
Yeah. However, however, the explosion was so massive, the house was shaken, everybody was still looking for a bomb and the fire department, like the accounts were like, this really happened. Now, where's the evidence where the evidence was there a minute ago? Kind of thing. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. Makes me think of Tesla, really. Some of the stuff that went on, you know, around him. Oh yeah. Tesla. Um, and the death ray that he, right. and uh, yeah. stuff that was recorded around him that then they couldn't prove, you know, like explosions and stuff. Well, yeah. And see, this is another phenomenon because in my experience, those explosions were always uh, attributed to a lot of these high demons, these high principalities, demonic principalities. Uh, that wasn't the first time I had an explosion. That was the first time I had an encounter like that though. I mean, of that nature. So um, these demons in, I'm sidetracking you, sorry, mm -hmm. but I'm, I got to get this out because it's right here. So, so, so these high principalities, and mm -hmm. so if we're looking at this from, say, a magician's, a, a, a real, you know, sorcerer type mm -hmm. um, that's, that's commanding them, are these, are we looking, is it the same thing? So if you go to a grimoire and you, you, you know, you lay out what you need to lay out and you summon, are these or, the or same the entities background demons well i i think that the this one in particular was the one of the chiefs like the big guy but, I guess. but like so i'm like just trying to associate like through like goetia or so one of the chiefs like one that is known um yeah you know what it could be i don't know i i have no idea i cannot i don't even study that stuff if you want to know but um i think so I, i'm just always trying have to bosses too so yeah. Well, there's a hierarchy. I'm just always trying to connect dots between everything. So, I mean, he never, he never stated his name. The imprint in my, in my mind upon the meeting was that he was um, like, you know, for lack of a better way of expressing it, he was like Satan, but yeah. that, but that wasn't his name. It was just yeah. like, that was like the imprint was, that was the energy that I was dealing with, but it was probably far more ancient even than that um and far more uh yeah like a very ancient ancient um signature ancient sumerian god that could be i mean that could be right i mean he wanted to mortify me he wanted he wanted to scare the crap out of me and yeah. and have me living in a way that and this is the interesting thing i think what he wanted was for me to go into deeply into religion or something like you know like do that polarity I, that you just i wonder if it was the astral devil yeah just you know be. the thought form of the christians right and i it probably was yeah that makes you sense. Know? that makes more yeah. sense than trying to figure right. out which yeah. demon it is in the Goetia. Right. Well, no, but that's what I was just trying to get. That's what I was trying to get at. And um, it, it, because it is, it's so there. And I see Robert is making comments about it being like an aerial. I, I had asked him if, he, if it rang a bell with him. Cause I, cause I got the image of Sam. I my, my mind for some reason. Well, I mean, he was massively uh, he, this, in terms of his, his physical height. We're talking about somebody who is, you know, about nine feet mm -hmm. um, in, in like his physicality here. Although I, I felt like he was way bigger than that, but he was like putting he was putting himself in a lower or smaller scale because he wanted to visit me. So, <laughs> you know, that's gotcha, like gotcha. and and there was a distinct smell and 
I mean, it was terrifying. It was absolutely terrifying for an 18 year old. And um, I'd seen at that point, man, I'd seen and witnessed and had many visitations and had a lot of stuff, but this particular type of um, malignant energy, I think the design was, I didn't figure it out at the time. I figured it out later, but I think it was because it wanted to create such a split in my psyche that I would go into the polarization of religion so that I would feel like I was, you know, safe. Do you think these are thought forms? So like this was a collective. um, So talking about astral beings, whether it's this one or any other Mm -hmm. um, that you encounter, are they collectively brought together by, you know, the collective thought forms? So I think, I think that there is, okay. My feeling about this one in particular was that this being is a physical being in its own realm in its own underworld, but that it's created or amass power through the psyche and consciousness of people, just like, you know, in, in the ancient Greek gods where they would become very powerful with people's worship. Yes. And so that they could do more, they could, you know, become more powerful or, or um, capture more realms or whatever. I felt like it was some, something like that so that it, it infected or impregnated the consciousness of humanity or humanity. And through that, you know, it's, it's, conceptions were um giving birth to it but i i felt like it was already there and i well and you you cleared it right up for me too with this whole when we think about being here in the state like we're talking um where we have a physicality there's this sense of gravity and our our the spectral the small spectrum of light in which we encounter down in this experience Mm -hmm. they hold their the same type of experience in another dimension that exactly. Yeah. And I think sometimes people get very confused with that, but it ties completely into the subject of other dimensions, which are what dreams are. I mean, there's a level of dreams. It's just file your filing system and your daily chatter and working out problems. But then there's all this other that happens. And so I guess that's where I was wanting the clarity. So this was definitely Giving you that energy, Mm -hmm. and I I get, I also sense that, you know, I'm biased because I I listen to your show, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to move through this conversation like as if I, I don't as much, you know, Mm -hmm. so that people listening, coming to this, never having heard you before, um, can get kind of basic level ideas, right, of where you're coming from, and. So I think actually at this time, we're going to move into our post-show soon. So I think we should just, we'll get into some of this, what we call the um, woo-woo, the juicy stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, and our post-show and ask questions from our chat, see if anyone's got questions for you before we move on to that and in the live stream. Sure. Did you want to ask anything else though, before we do that? No, we've, we've moved through. Okay. You were so easy to, you're so easy because you're already having, you're, you're just, you're right there, you know, tapped into these altered states. So I didn't have to. Yeah. I mean, I felt like we went right to my third chapter here. (laughs) (laughs) 
that's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did see. I haven't been watching. I don't watch the chat much because I lose. I seem to drop out. But I did see, and I see it happening now. How did you find your name? So oh, people oh, want to know about your, your name. name. Oh, Lauda. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So my name. This so uh, it's really just. Yeah, people will laugh when they hear this. So when I was, uh, the story goes, when I came in and I was birthed, my mom didn't want a daughter and she didn't want me. So um, she was very disappointed. I was supposed to be a boy. I was supposed to be named Caesar, if you can believe it. <laughs> and, um, and so she just refused to name me. So that was that. And uh, there I was in the hospital for, you know, a week. And... Um, apparently a week to 10 days. I don't even know why. Um, and the nurses got really fed up and they were like, this child needs a name for God's sake. Somebody's got a namer. So one of the nurses loved the song that was playing in the hospital at that moment, which was Lauda. And oh. that was my name. So excellent. Mm -hmm. And it was some, and it was like something about, um, it was an English song. Well, it was half English, half Spanish, but it was basically a, a love song, a love song for Laura. So that was nice. Does any, are there any other questions? No, no there aren't any other questions. So True, give she, it a second. Robert, Robert says <laughs> she, you could, you could have went through two Roman naming styles for females and said Caesaria. Caesaria. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's who yeah. Caesarian now, you know? Yeah, you know, there's something about that name. I really don't think I was supposed to have it. So I'm okay I love your name. <laughs> I love Lauda. It's a great name. All right. Well, if that's all the questions. Wait, we have one from Greatest Potential. Where? Do you keep a dream journal? Oh, I just got Abs that. Absolutely not. I don't have time. If, if I could, if I kept a dream journal, I wouldn't be able to work. I wouldn't be able to do anything. I would be like, oh, that's all I have time for is the dream journal. And you know what? I've had too many experiences. I've learned in my life that it's just way too much. And there's not no way I can write it all down. Yeah. I don't see any more. Do you? No. That... I'm behind here. All right. It looks like we're good to go. So right. thank you, everyone that joined in the chat. Yes, thank um, you. And thank you, Lada. Stay on the line, Lada, because we're going to do our post show. Thank with you. you for this. This is fun. This is great fun. That's what they all say. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Everyone says that. Now. Everyone's all nervous before they come on. What should I do? But, but it's true. It's lovely because, you know, these are. These are the kinds of conversations everybody should be able to have when they're just sitting around, you know, with their friends or whatever, just topics that are uh, per pertaining to us and real life. Well, real, you know, that's. So I was just asking if someone else had more questions. Last call for questions, people. All right. You you're just so, such a great communicator that they had they you answered everything for them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, everyone. Next week, oh, I did remember who it was, but I forgot now. It's somebody, who is it, Jared? I don't. I know that on the third, I think we have Billy Bruja coming for the All Saints Day show. Samhain. Right. 
Almost. But is uh, that next week or is that the week after? Bruho is uh, three weeks. All right, here we go. I've got to ask you about mm. the Tesla sounds because I never really knew about uh, the recordings of Tesla sounds. Yeah, it is Billy Bruho next week. Sorry. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. So tune in next week for Billy Bruho. It's going to be a fun show too. What was the Tesla Thanks. sounds was part of this show or next? Well, next maybe. <laughs> okay. All right, everyone. <laughs> Thank you very, very much, everyone, for joining us, and uh, we'll see you next week. Have a good one.